you know, depending on the state, there'll be like additional licensing regulations that you yes. have to follow and inspections and yeah. uh, certain criteria that you have to meet to be able to maintain uh, your licensure uh, to be able to provide care. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexhammer. With me, as always, on these uh, Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, just got back last week. Had a good, productive week last week. It was great. Um, went to Memphis to check out our new property um, and did a, did a great walk there. Met with the property management, met with contractors, um, met with the, the designer architect, it just really good meetings. Um, a great, great time. Had some investors there as well. So that was, that was really good. Uh, walked some of our other properties in the area and then got back and, uh, went and checked out my other new acquisition, which was a, a senior care, uh, or senior group homes met with the staff there, had great conversations. Things are, are, are running really smoothly over there, but just wanted to have some conversations on, you know, what's working, what's not, what they want to improve and really get a good under, understanding of all that. My business partner is going to be kind of the main um, brainchild behind operations and making sure that staff are, you know, being taken care of and stuff. But you know, so some very minor things that we can solve kind of immediately and help make it a better place to work. And obviously then a few minor things to make it a better place for the residents to live. So it was great. It was a good week. And, and just, uh, it's great to be great to be going out to these properties and really getting an understanding and wrapping your head around what needs to be done. And then I think more importantly is to making sure that everybody understands your vision. So that's, that's super valuable. Just meeting with the people that are going to be involved face to face at the property and really expressing your vision um, to them. And, and for the senior living, not only expressing our vision to them, which made a lot of people there excited, uh, but it also expressing our appreciation and gratitude for you know, the work they do. And then our vision of how we want them to treat the residents um, and, and how the residents are important, obviously the most important uh, part of this equation and, and uh, the style that we want our management to, to be with the residents. So. Yeah. And how often do you communicate with the properties uh, to make sure that your vision is, is uh, you know, uh, continuing? Yeah. So it's a minimum of once a week. Uh, we're meeting with kind of the main, some of the main people. So, you know, we have, we typically have a regional uh, manager. We've got on-site staff and in, and we have some, the, the construction team as well. So those might be two different meetings. Um, and some of the people, like when we're meeting with our contractor, uh, oftentimes the contractor in the regional are on the phone call. Um, sometimes the on-site staff is on the phone call and then vice versa when we're meeting with our um, 
typically we're meeting with our um, regional and then the on-site is, uh, is on the call. Um, and that's more operations, more, you know, how do we keep pushing rents? How do we get collections up? Um, you know, more st property strategy. Um, you know, what are we spending our money on that we shouldn't be type of thing? Or what can we do better here and there? So minimum once a week, but oftentimes it's two or three times a week. Um, and, and some of them might be infor more informal calls or even uh, some text messages. Like just today, I text messaged one of my um, on-site staff members that that, uh, that takes care of two of my properties, and just just sent her a, a text uh, to talk about something real quick. So, kind of depends on what it is, but minimum once a week. Awesome. And uh, as you know, I have experience um, managing group homes in my yeah. you know, previous history. I, you know, so I used to manage group homes. I was a maltreatment investigator for the state of Minnesota. So I went into group homes. So I'm well familiar with the operations. Um, so, uh, you know, we've talked separately outside of this podcast about, uh, you know, how you have some excellent staff in place. I think especially the management is really the key because uh, yeah. as long as you have good management, uh, they're going to, you know, uh, attract and retain good employees. But if you don't have good management or uh, then you, things are just going to go to hell pretty quickly. Yeah. And, you know, like I think senior care, I think everybody has like that image at times of these like seniors that are, you know, have maybe they're maybe they're losing their minds a little bit. Maybe they, they, they can't they can't do things on their own, like they used to. Right. And you've got people that are working there and, and people that just don't care, uh, don't want to deal with it or just there to collect that paycheck type of thing. And it's a, a lot of people have that, that bad image, you know, think of like happy Gilmore. Uh, if you've watched that movie with the, uh, happy's grandma, you know, and, and the, the guy that's like, behind the scenes going, I'm going to cut your throat. If you say anything about how we're treating you, um, you know, that obviously we don't want to have that be happening at our, in our community. So that's one of the biggest things we want to make sure is that the right people are in place. Um, you just don't want somebody there that's collected a paycheck. That's, that's irritated by uh, a senior citizen, they're irritated that they have to, you know, help them go to the bathroom or to clean up after they go, they have an accident type of thing. And you just don't want people irritated about that. People that are there to serve and to uh, that, that, that appreciate the elderly. Exactly. So the better screening process there is for staff, the better off you're going to be. I yep. mean, it's, I think it's better to be short staffed at a senior living place than to have bad staff. Yeah. And that's actually something we talked about uh, because there are some people that don't show up and there are no shows. And we, we did talk about that, how, look, I, I don't want those type of people working for us because they don't really want to be there in the first place. So they're, when they're there, it's a bad environment. So and instead of having them, we're trying to force them to be there. We just need to tell them goodbye. Right. We just, just need to be done with it. And that's something that the previous owner didn't have. He allowed them to, you know, not show up. He allowed them to kind of, he allowed them to kind of call the shots. Um, and, and a lot of the staff were irritated by that. Although things were running really, really well um, still. Well, but, you know, that's just something we talked about. Hey, we got to make sure that every employee is happy uh, because 
if you've got that one employee that doesn't show up or that causes problems when they're there, that just means the the good employees are irritated and starts start to become unhappy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden you've got more bad employees than you do good. It erodes that erodes the environment pretty quickly. Yep. And so, like I said, as long as you have the great management in place that, uh, you know, holds people accountable, you know, builds people up and, and teaches them and coaches them and is there having that consistent positive presence, uh, you know, even bad employees can turn into good employees or, you know, they'll be ready to get rid of the bad employees uh, if that's not going to happen. So Matt, let's talk senior group housing since we're already on that topic. Um, it's It can be a very profitable venture. I'm, I bought a senior mm-hmm. group home. So basically what it is for those who don't know what that, what that really means. So you've got lots of different types of senior housing, right? You've got memory care, you've got, and I guess memory care can also be group home, um, but, but you've got, you know, you've got just the assisted living facilities. You've got, shoot, you've got just senior homes that, that are senior um, apartment buildings, right? 55 plus that oftentimes don't have any care whatsoever, or maybe they have a, a section that has some care, but it's typically not a lot. Um, you, you, you've got all kinds of different, I guess, care and Matt, you probably, you, you know, a lot more. So maybe you should explain like some of the different levels um, of them. Why don't you do that? Yeah. I mean, it just comes down to the level of care and the needs right. that and the people type have. Of care. Yeah. And the, exactly the type of care, you know, memory care, like you mentioned, that's for uh, people with Alzheimer's or advanced uh, dementia. Um, so they, they have a lot of extra care and yeah. uh, 55 plus community, like, you know, Maybe they've got somebody at the front desk or something, but uh, or maybe not at all. But it, um, so those are kind of the the far extremes, I think. Yeah, the fifty five plus is basically a community, uh, an apartment yeah. community. It's like a it's like a you know your college uh, apartment, except it's for fifty five plus, right? Typically, mm-hmm. there's there's not much uh, difference between a regular apartment community and a fifty five plus, other than the age of the people. Yep, exactly. And uh, so if you have anything more above that, there, you know, depending on the state, there'll be like additional licensing regulations that you yes. have to follow and inspections and yeah. uh, certain criteria that you have to meet to be able to maintain uh, your licensure uh, to be able to provide care. And, you know, depending on the funding, where the funding is coming from to, uh, for people to live in these places, uh, you know, maybe it's private funding where they just, you know, have a lot of money themselves and they can just pay out of pocket. Or maybe it's there's some government funding. Whenever there's government funding, there's going to be extra licensure uh, things to go through for that. Yeah. And they're not, ex- they're, they're, sorry, they're not expensive. They are expensive for the residents, uh, especially when you're talking about care right? Care facilities are very expensive. And the reason for that is because they've got a high level of employees. You know, we've got, we, we just bought these two buildings. It's a total of 24 possible beds, but really how it's set up more for about 22 total people. Um, you, can we fit more? Yes, we could fit. Again, we could fit 24, but it's better suited for 20 to 22. Um, but with that, you know, our payroll is over $500,000 a year. So that's a big expense, right? It's probably your biggest expense. Yeah, by far, you know, and then we've got food, 
right? So we have to provide food for the, the residents. They have to eat. Uh, that's another big expense. Uh, and then the majority of the rest of the expenses are your typical expenses that you have elsewhere. Um, but but your your employee expense and your your food expense are the big expenses that we otherwise don't see. And, and this is, you know, like I said, it's group home. So each home has up to 12 beds. And why I say it's better for 11 is because it's 11 bedrooms with one bedroom that can have two beds in it. Um, and so unless you've got, you know, that married couple or some two people that are really good to be able to share a room, it's, it's kind of better for, uh, for less people for, for 10 or 11. So, um, so basically what it is, 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 you know, the, the, uh, the residents, uh, need some sort of care. Typically, um, we don't provide super, super high level care, but we provide fairly high level care, uh, for the residents, but they do everything at the property. Um, some of them can't really leave the property. Um, they're not really physically able to, and others, others can others, you know, parents come or sorry, kids come, take them to their house for holidays and stuff like that. Uh, of course, COVID it's different <laughs> right now, mm -hmm. but, um, so it's, you know, it depends on the, the person, but it is high level, fairly high level care. Yep. And, you know, it's obvious that there's such a growing need for assisted living as well with the boomers, you know, you know, approaching the, the age of retirement and, uh, and, and getting older and older, there's just uh, not enough assisted living as what the need is going to be in the coming years. So I tell you why I liked uh, the opportunity to invest in, in this. First of all, uh, the, the cash flow was phenomenal. All right. The potential cash flow is phenomenal. Uh, actually, first of all, is I thought this is a great way for me to um, provide a great place for people to live. If we can do what I want to do, we're going to provide an excellent place for people that need a living experience like this. We can provide that for them. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like uh, it's a way for me to, in a sense, give back. But the second level is that it's profitable. It's very profitable. It cash flows extremely well. And so if we operate it properly, of course, everything comes down to if we operate it properly, right? If we're not operating properly, we don't properly, we don't have happy residents, and then we're not giving back, we're creating problems. Um, and if we don't operate it properly, we don't make cash flow. So the key is to operate it properly, right? Uh, but if we operate properly, cash flow is extremely well. I mean, I'm, we're talking um, a big, big delta over like a regular multifamily. Um, and it's got room for growth. As you said, there's a need for it. When you look at the average age of somebody coming into a senior group home like ours is about 80 to 85 years old, roughly 83 years old. Well, when I, when you look at where the seniors are right now, the baby boomer generation, everybody knows big generation of elderly people coming, right? the oldest baby boomers are about roughly 75 years old. I think it's 73, 72 or seven, 73, 74, depending on 
what data source you use, um, they're going to get to that 83. They, we still got some years to go. Now, of course, some of them get there earlier than others. We've got some years to go before we hit peak, a long ways to go before we hit a peak. We're probably like 20 years to go before we hit peak level in those facilities. So I like that run up, right? We can hold this thing. I can, I can hold it, pay down the debt. We can operate it and make our efficiencies. We continue to grow and, and get, get more and create more efficiencies. And we can package these together then when the exuberance is at an all-time high and we can sell them to another company or we can keep them too, right? We can keep them and continue to cash flow them, eventually potentially even pay them off or, or re-leverage them, right? And we've got a great asset. Um, and we're, again, we're, we're just getting into that ramp up of the amount of people that will be coming into those homes. And do you have any value add components as part of your business plan for this? Really not a lot. I mean, these came fairly turnkey and I wanted to do fairly turnkey on my first acquisition because I didn't full, like, I don't fully know the business, you know, mm -hmm. this isn't something I've done a bunch of. So I didn't want to come in with a big value add with needing to like do a lot of changes and then screw up. Right. So I felt like if I had a turnkey operation to begin with, we just had a lot less opportunity to screw up my partner and I. So um, I think that was that was one of the keys. Now, can, do we have some value add? Yeah, we have some value add, right? R rents are truly are low. The people that we bought it for um, definitely did not raise rents and they are well aware of that. Um, they, they knew that they were using it more for a, I wouldn't call it charity because they were making money, but you know, they, they were being very, very nice to the residents as, as far as charges. Now we're not going to just drastically increase charges. Um, but there is, there is upside potential in revenue. Um, I think, so I, I would say that's the biggest one upside potential in revenue just organically. There is some stuff that we should probably physically do to the properties. Uh, but that in itself is is not going to increase rents drastically. It'll, it'll maybe help a little bit, make it make it a little more appealing to people, which will allow us to to increase those rents. But and if any of our listeners are wanting to get started investing in assisted living, uh, what would your advice be for them to start? Well, I I think um, again it comes down to education, right? Educate yourself or find other people that are educated in the industry to make sure you're successful. As you said, Matt, there's a lot of regulations. Um, you've, you've got to make sure that you've got the right people in place. That's so valuable. That was one big attraction to this, these buildings is that we had great people in place. In particular, we had, you know, a few people that were really on top of it that were able to be running the facilities you know, both facilities. Um, they knew the ins and outs. They, they knew how to, we just, they just went through an audit. They're the ones that got, they're the ones that got the properties through the audit, you know? So that's, that's key to have the right people on your team. 
educate yourself and then go out and meet, you know, you, you can, you can find them a few different ways. You can find them through brokers, which is always going to be valuable because there's brokers that specialize in it. Right. Just like anything else, they specialize in finding these communities. They're calling the property owners, or you can, again, you can go call these property owners themselves. There's, here's the cool thing. These group homes, especially, but assisted living in general, unless you're talking the big, big facilities, it's a really fractured industry. So there's still, there's a ton of mom and pa's that own these group homes, own some of these memory cares, um, own, own some, a lot of the assisted living, especially in the rural communities um, that you can, I think, capitalize on. So, and by the way, when we talk, when we talk multifamily, I'm typically saying stay to these larger cities. But when we talk senior housing, I don't want you to necessarily invest in the teeniest, tiniest cities, but I think you can invest in smaller cities because that generation especially wants to stay in the community that they, they've been in for the last 50 years, potentially even were born in a lot of the, that generation was born in the same town they still live in, or they've lived there for 50 years. They just aren't as, um, what is the right word, transient. They don't move as much as, you know, the younger generation does. So they don't want to go to the big city to live the rest of their life. They want to stay in, the, in, in or near the small town that they've always been in. So I think there's that opportunity too to buy in some smaller communities. Obviously the biggest thing in the small communities is you've got to make sure you've got people that can take care of them. Yep. I mean, there's just so much opportunity out there uh, with all of real estate, but certainly with assisted living in the coming years. So something to keep our eye on. Do you think you'll invest in more assisted living? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd like to continue to grow it. Um, you know, so anybody who's got assisted living community in in Minnesota or Western Wisconsin, uh, I'd love to take a look at it. We we would love to continue to grow it and uh, and make it part of our portfolio. Excellent. So, um, well, cool, Matt. I think that's all we got, man. Yep. Yeah, I, I just want to say, if anybody wants to uh, chat with me, uh, to you know, I can analyze your numbers or give you some advice if you have an assisted living on how to increase the profitability and while providing better care, I'm more than happy to help you out. Cool. Awesome, Matt. How, how can people reach you? Uh, you can email me at uh, matt at hawkwingcapital.com. Awesome. Awesome, Matt. Well, hey, man, you have a fantastic rest of the day and make every day a Saturday. Thanks, you too. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it.